0: do have a, a first-time guest with us. I want Nina. Did is it Nina? Nina, nice to have you with us here today. Yeah. All right, brother Cliff. Could you knock those lights down a little bit for me, please? Man, yeah, do remember a prayer meeting tonight, five thirty to six thirty, and uh, I think we're gonna do things a little bit differently tonight, where the doors will be open, you come in, pray. Hallelujah. When you're done praying, leave, last one out, turns the lights off and locks the door, okay? Right. Yeah, but what we will do, and I don't know if we'll have anybody here to operate the the uh, video screen or not, but we'll have a, a either a basket here or... We can hand it off to the video person. Any prayer request that you have, all right? We want you to hand it off. We'll put it on the screen, or you can walk by and you can pick it up out of the basket. We're just gonna, we're just gonna come in. And we're gonna pray. All right. All right. That's all we're gonna do. And you don't. There's no time limits. Okay. Whatever you, uh, amen. Whatever you want to spend and invest your time, and to your personal devotion. All right, hallelujah. We're going to call your attention this morning uh, to the book of Luke chapter number 9 and Isaiah chapter number 6. We're going to read verses... Uh, let, well, let's go to uh, Isaiah first, chapter number 6, and uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. These are angels. Each one had six wings with twain. He covered his face, and he covered his feet, and he did fly. How would you like to see that, right? And one cried unto another, and said, "Holy, holy, holy, is the Lord of hosts; the whole earth is full of his glory." And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And then we're going to go to uh, Luke chapter number. 9, we're going to read verses 28 through 36. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Jesus. He took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him, two men, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory. In other words, they weren't they they had a shine about them, apparently, and they spoke of his death which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with them were heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. (laughs) And let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said, he had no, he just didn't know what to say. Right. And while he thus spoke, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. There came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. And they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. Amen. And I would like to speak to you today on the thought, your spiritual perception. Amen. Your spiritual perception. We're going to ask you if you would. Amen. I could We could just get your attention, toss everything, distractions. Throw them out the door or do something with them. Amen. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother Jonathan McCune if you would lead us in prayer. And let's just lift our hearts, would you? And let's allow the word of the Lord to minister to us here today. Brother Jonathan, if you would, please. Precious Father, we come to you today in great need of your presence, of your power, and your word. We need your guidance and instruction for these days days that are evil and we know Lord that your word says they will even get worse but by your spirit and by your word we can be sustained and we'll walk with you in victory and in faith you ask for your word to be anointed today we might receive that in Jesus' name Amen, Amen. Amen. alright the Lord bless you you may be seated and I hope and pray that before you leave today if I, well, we should all already be able to, to uh, say these words, but I want us to be able to say, Lord, it has been good to be here today. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Amen. There are two areas that we're going to cover here this morning. One is your. Your perception of who you believe that Jesus is. You do know that that is not the same. There are many different thoughts and beliefs about who He is. And then the other one, your perception of what really is happening in the house of God. This word perception, by definition, it's the quality of being aware of the condition in one's environment your awareness of what is going on around you. People perceive the same environment differently based on what particular aspects of the situation they choose to focus on. And our behavior is based on our perception of what reality is, not reality itself. Our perception is based on our personal experience. And that experience is based on, in a large part at least, what we see, what we hear, and what we feel. Now... And I, I guarantee you this morning that if we were to do some kind of a little you know experiment, that not all of you, if we played a particular song, all right, some of you would hear drums more than the piano. Some of you would hear the words. Some of you wouldn't even hear the words because you, you just like the music. But that doesn't change what it is. And anyone can read about the Bible and leave God within the pages of this book. Or we can allow the same God, the same God, We can allow Him to be active in our lives through our own personal experience. Brother Colton brought it out. You must be born again. You've got to be born again. Why? Because that is going to be the foundation of your personal experience which will ultimately become your initial perception of the power of what we call this redemption. That's why some people, we know people, some people repent. They get baptized, they get filled with the Holy Ghost, and some people, get they repent, and they get baptized, and they get filled with the Holy Ghost. It, the difference is because of their experience. Either way, you see, does not change the nature of God. God remains the same. Just because you do not experience him in the power of the Holy Ghost does not alter his power, one iota. It cha- he changes not. He's always there. As Paul wrote in the book of Acts chapter number 17, he would say this. He says, He made the world and everything in it. He is not far from any of us. For in Him, we live and we move and we have our being. That's why some say He is a teacher. Some say He is a prophet. But the question in the preceding chapter was to the disciples. In chapter number 16, Jesus says, whom do you say that I am? Yeah, that's right. Because wh- who you believe, the experience that you have, is going to make all of the difference in the world. Right. That's right. Amen, amen. You can read about Him. There are men that have dedicated their entire lives to the study of the Word of God, but until you get Him outside of the pages, until He becomes the living Word, until you experience Him in the power of the Gospel, He will remain an inactive God. And your perception of Him will not be what He wants it to be. Do you know Him as your great physician? Do you know Him as your great provider? Do you know Him as your Savior? Have you heard His voice coming to you in the midst of the storm? Peter could say, yes, I heard Him from the midst of the storm. Yes. Have you felt His saving hand reaching for you as you were drowning in your storm? Peter says, yes! You see, you cannot know Him in any of these areas until or unless you have experienced the reality of that situation. Unless you have been healed, you cannot call Him your great physician. You know that it's in there. But until you experience it, your perception of Him is different than mine. And unless you have been without resources... Unless you have been like that woman, that widow woman of Zerath that had, she had no more food in the cupboard, the barrel was dry. Unless you have experienced having nothing and then God provided for you, yeah. then you cannot know Him as your great provider. Unless you have been poor, you don't know what it's like to be rich. So let's look at the first transfiguration. Let's look at this. Luke chapter number nine. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on a mountain to pray. Listen, please, I believe that I'm right here. The only way our perception of Jesus changes is when we change. The invitation has always come up higher. We cannot expect our experience or the way that we see Him. We cannot expect to see Him any different if we stay plateaued. Hear me! You've got to want to go up higher. You've got to want to answer it when He says bid. He says, come up higher with me. You you can stay plateaued in your experience with God. But if you want to change, if you want to get a fresh look at who He is and what He wants to do, then you've got to unplateau your prayer life. You've got to get to the mountaintop. So, You can see him in at least part of his glory. Prayer changes the way you see him. Watch. The first thing that happened in these three was what they saw. What they saw. The appearance of the Lord's face was altered. His robe became white and glistening. You understand? Jesus had always maintained that glory, He just hid it from those that were not on that particular mountain that day. They were the only ones that could see through that flesh. And He revealed to them, at least in part, of His deity, of His glory. And they saw it. They seen His robe as it was white and glistening. You see that transfigure. Transfigure does not mean there's a change in substance or form, but in appearance. God has. Jesus has always been. He's always holy. He's always pure. He's always filled. His face shines brighter than the sun's rays at noontime. But nobody else could see it because they could not perceive it because they had plateaued. Jesus did not have to change it. He simply displayed a side that only you could see if you were there at that time. You had to be there. Lord, it is good that we have been here. You had to have been there and experienced And behold, two men spoke with Jesus, Moses and Elijah, and they appeared in their glory. They weren't normal. They appeared in their glory. But Peter and those that were with him were heavy with sleep. And the Bible says, when they were fully awake... They saw His glory and the two men who stood with Him having, as the Amplified Bible says, a protracted conversation about His death at Jerusalem. Whom do men say that I am? Peter says... uh, I saw all three in their glory. But when we got off of that mountain, there was one that he, sh- he shone so much brighter than the other two that there was no comparison. Why? Because He's greater than the law. He's greater than the prophets. John 5.39 he, the writer says, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They testify of me. Yeah, that's right. amen, amen. Luke 24, 27. On the road to Emmaus, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Yeah, come on. Hallelujah. Peter is so inspired by what he's experiencing. He wakes up and he lose, he lose, he's out of what description. Uh, he, he don't know what to say. And he wakes up and he's so inspired that, that he wants to start three whole missions works right away. You understand? Hear me. That's what a Holy Ghost, a, 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 an out pouring of the Holy Ghost a manifestation of the Spirit of God in a service that's what it will do to you it will inspire you when you wake up and you understand who it is that you are in their presence you all of a sudden there's something that bubbles over inside you and says I've got to do something that I've got to do I've got to take advantage of of my experience. He wanted to build one each, one for each of them. Peter didn't want to leave. In other words, I'm quite sure he wanted to go from booth to booth, interviewing both Moses and Elijah. Moses, how did you get here? I thought you was dead. Right? That's what I'd be. (laughs) I'd be spending some time at Moses's, you know, his Kool-Aid booth. I'd say, Moses, wait a minute. Last time we read about you, other than you know the the struggle over your dead body, but the last time we heard from you was you were standing on top of Mount Pisgah. And the Bible says that you died and the Lord buried you. How did you get from there to here? Elijah! Hello! What have you been doing for the last few hundred years? Tell me about your space travel! Right? John Glenn. Who was the first guy in space? was it Glenn? John Glenn, you weren't the first guy in space. Elijah and Enoch were. Hello. (laughs) You see, Moses represented the Law. Elijah represented the Prophets. Moses represented the raptured dead. Elijah represents the raptured living. Oh, yeah. And Peter has Lord, this is, this is really. It, it has really been good, it has been worth my time to climb this mountain with you and to experience what nobody else can put into their resume. In other words, he says, man, I just want this moment to last. Oh, man. Have you ever been in a service? Oh, come on. If you've never been in a service... That you didn't want it to end, friend. I remember going to. Uh, I went by myself, but I went with uh, Bruce and Gary Meadows. We went to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to a general conference. The the first time, the only time I ever remember that the Holy Ghost moved in such a way. General conference, mostly they're here. They're you know, they're there to hear the preacher. And Brother Mooney was the preacher schedule. And it was so powerful that Brother Mooney didn't even get a chance to preach. And there were people that said that they saw, right? Your perception. They said, we saw the cloud of glory come down in that place. Not everybody saw it. Because they were distracted, maybe. But it was so powerful. While Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of that cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Ultimately, that's where we get to. Hear the voice. Not Elijah. Okay? You can read about it. But the whole the the whole your whole personal experience, okay, is to get you to a place where you can hear the nudge the inspiration of the Holy Ghost inside of you, speaking oh, to it. you directly. On, it. It's not all about what you see, the signs and the one. No, it is hearing the voice yes. of the Master. Just like Elijah Elijah was stuck in that cave. The the earthquake did not move him. The fiery hailstones did not move him. The only thing that moved him out of that dark cave was that he heard the still, small voice of God saying, Why are you here? And when they heard that voice, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. You understand this? They wake up and understand this is not a dream, this is reality. Okay? The real deal. They wake up, they see Elijah and Moses and Jesus. He's shining like the sun. And uh, then they hear this voice and then this cloud engulfs them. And they're terrified. And they're greatly afraid. The Bible says they fall on their faces. But now watch this. But The Bible says, but Jesus came and He touched them. They saw it. they heard it. And they felt it. Listen, we don't, we don't play church, right? No, the idea of us assembled here is to get you saved. The idea of us coming together is so that you can see the transformation in people's lives so that you can hear on your own the Word of the Lord expressly speaking into your soul and for you to feel the touch of of the Lord Jesus Christ upon your life, drawing you, guiding you, reaching for you. And Jesus touched them and He said, Arise, do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one. Their vision was and their perception was so absolutely perfect because of their experience. There was nothing else that they saw except Jesus and Him alone. Can you even imagine? He had to clear everything out, He had to broaden their perception. He had to give them insight. He had to give them revelation. He had to illuminate their understanding of who He was and what He was going to do. He had to have them see things and hear things. And then they had to touch. They had to feel the touch of the Lord. Jesus is greater. Moses reveals God's Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Thank you for that lesson the other night, Brother Jacob. You see, your perception of how great Jesus is will only be changed by your personal experience based on the reality, the reality of what you have witnessed, what have you seen? What have you heard? What have you felt? Yeah. In your personal mountain top experience, your personal devotion. It comes no other way. It doesn't come in the church service. Not this one. No, sir. It comes from you and the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Just the two of you. Yes. And when you have one, you need to mark it on your calendar. You need to build a memorial to that thing. So you can be reminded of what you experienced. I've got a few dates on my calendar. I've got a few memorials built. That's right. I can take you to them. Why? Because God did something so extraordinary for me that particular day that I could not ever forget it. Jesus said when they're going down the mountain, He said, hey, hey, yo, God, he said, don't tell nobody about this. He said, don't tell nobody until I come back from the dead. And they were like, whoa, what does that even mean? Now let me take you to Isaiah's vision. Here's the reality of Isaiah's world. You can get this from chapter number 5. And I, I'm quoting or at least paraphrasing from Vine's commentary. The people's religion was in lip service only. There was no heart devotion. They were rich buying up the land, creating a monopoly and violating the law of property ownership according to the law. The nation had become obsessed with self-indulgence. They were seekers of pleasure. Verse number 18 and 19 of chapter number 5 says this, that that God speaking drew a picture of words like this. He says... They draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope. The figure is that a beast of burden roped to a wagon. Iniquity was the burden they dragged by their vain delusions and sin the wagon to which they were roped. Hello, America! Verse 20 of chapter number 5, this was his reality. Verse number 20 Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and men of strength in mixing alcoholic drinks. Verse 23, Who justify and acquit the guilty for a bribe and take away the rights of the innocent and righteous. And now in the year that King Uzziah died, which was a jubilee year, Isaiah is given a vision of the Lord's glory in contrast to the nation's shame. It had not always been that way. 2 Chronicles 26, you can read it. King Uzziah began to reign at the age of 16. He was king for 52 years. During his time, he rebuilt Judah. He expanded its borders. He had an elite army and the nation prospered. His fame spread far and wide for the Lord gave him marvelous help and he became powerful. Very powerful it said. Listen to this, verse number 16. But when he had become powerful, he also became proud which led to his downfall. He entered the Lord's temple and attempted to burn incense on the altar of incense. It took 80 priests to confront the king to tell him to get out, and they didn't have to because the Lord smote him with leprosy and he lived in isolation, excluded from the house of God, until he died. That was the reality. That was, or was it? And so, the Lord gives Isaiah a vision of what is really happening in the house of God. The perception, see, not everybody was there that day, so they could not eyewitness the account of the leprosy that was in the house of God that day or what took place that day, right? You understand? But God said, Isaiah, I'm going to show you what is really happening in the house of God. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? Listen to me carefully. What is your perception of what really takes place in the house of God? Oh my. Are you distracted by the phone? Is that your? Are you distracted by your neighbor? Being a little, you know, whatever, and carefree and whispering, hey man, what are we going to do after this? You know? Hey, what, what, what's on your, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come on. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you distracted by the whispers that you think, oh man, I wonder what they just said about me? Or are you one that withholds and trust me okay I know we all worship different are you distracted by other people's emotional worship to God I hope you're not because worship will get you to places That your perception of who he is changes. Oh yes. There's a reason why. Oh oh, oh, yeah. There's a reason why. There, There is a reason why. There's there's a reason why. Oh, yeah. There's a reason why I act the way that I do, is because that somewhere along the line, when I was in the house of God, I discovered that something that moved me, that my soul could be refreshed. There was something that I could hear that would encourage and inspire me and help me to understand that I am an adopted Son of God. There was something in me that was not. A- was not intimidated by the wealth and the material gain. No, sir. You know why? Because I know what it's like to have Zippo, to have nothing. And so it's not a problem for me just to dump it in there. But you know why? Because my perception is that He is an abundant God. He is an all-giving God. He is a providing God. He will always supply whatever it is that I need. In the year the, the king died, Isaiah says, I, He says, I saw the Lord. He said, God gave, I, I gave, God gave Isaiah a vision of what was really going on in the temple behind the veil. It was a date on his calendar that he would forever remember. He saw the Lord. He was sitting on the throne. Uzziah, Uzziah's throne was, was so insignificant when Isaiah, when the veil was torn back, and he caught a glimpse of the Lord high and lifted up, and he seen, I believe, the, the, the prophetic Lamb of God sitting high upon His throne, and the angels, the angels surrounded Him. And his robe filled the temple. A king's robe was a symbol of his greatness. There was no room left in the temple. God filled it. He then saw the mighty angelic host. And what he heard was that they were calling out to each other. Holy! Holy! Holy is the Lord of heaven's armies, and the whole earth. They said the whole earth is filled with His glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God! I believe that from that date forward, Isaiah said God. God. Isaiah saw God everywhere and everything. I see Him everywhere. Ha. I do. I walk outside. I see him in the sky. I, I see him in the grass. I see him in the dogs and the cats. I see him in people as they walk by. Why? Because Paul wrote in the seventeenth chapter of Acts. He said he is not far from any one of us. He said he he incorporates our living, our breathing. He's everywhere. Hallelujah. And their voices shook the temple to its foundation. And the entire building was filled with smoke. Yeah, Isaiah's worship would never be the same after that day. You see, worship is meant to shake things up. Remember the worship of Paul and Silas at their midnight hour? They prayed. They sang praises to God. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And his perception there was his self perception in that in that uh, in that particular event he said oh boy he says i'm doomed he says for i am a sinful man i am a sinful man he said i'm unclean i live in a nation of unclean people you understand until you re- until until you can be so overcome with the glory of God. Until you really get it. Until you can see what has really taking place behind the veil. You see, that high priest couldn't go back there except one time a year. The common man didn't. But God, He, t- he, t- he took that curtain up. And he says, Isaiah, look in here, buddy. This is what's going on. He says, but I'm unclean, man. He says, verse number whatever it is. Verse number whatever it is. says, but then one of the angels grabbed a burning coal from the altar with a pair of tongs. He flew to me. He touched my lips with the burning coal. And he said, your guilt is removed. Your sins are forgiven. He felt something. He felt a heart. Pull oh, a hot touch from the altar of God in the temple of God. He felt the burning power of the redemption of the altar of the Almighty. He caught a glimpse of the future Lamb of God. That would be slain on that altar. And the Holy Ghost would come from it. Oh, you worthy, Jesus. Oh, it's all about you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, my Lord. Trust me. There have been times in my life... I, you understand Isaiah was at a low point. Yeah. But you understand, is it sometimes he has to take us high? Sometimes he has to take us low. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Both times. One is for your personal devotion here too, but here it is. That's why David said, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of God. Let me be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Why, David? It's because I believe David caught a glimpse of what takes place, the reality of what takes place in the house of God. Forget the political stuff going on there. You want to attend to that on the outside, feel free. But when you come to the house of God, you need to feel the heat. You need to hear the voice. You need to feel Him. There's been times when I have felt the heat from my old personal altar. Yes. Oh, yes. Amen. 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 But you see, unless, unless unless, Isaiah, unless he had been brought down, he had to be brought... He, God had to remove His hero, if you will, And it goes on, of course. But what do you see taking place in the house of God? Well, well, wow. Isaiah says, "Well, wow." Once I, once I, I heard and I saw and I felt, and they asked for a volunteer. They asked for a volunteer. The same voice. The same voice says, Hey, who will go? Who will go? I tell you the story, I've told it many times. I look, how long? How did the call of God come into my life? Really? The reality is, seriously, is that I heard the phone. The phone kept ringing and nobody would answer it. I saw men that were so talented and so gifted and but I heard the phone. I heard the call. The only reason was that they just acted like it was it didn't exist. But I, my perception was I kept hearing the phone and I picked it up. On, hallelujah. Yes. Yes. And I am not exaggerating one little bit. Yes, She didn't marry a preacher. Jay, she didn't marry a preacher. She is married a detailer car guy. Oh my. I, but my experience was because I had been broke, because I knew what it was like. Oh, yeah. And Isaiah said, I heard the voice say, Hey, any hey volunteers will go. Because you uh, better be careful when you volunteer because I'm going to send you to a people that are not going to listen to you. Okay? 98.98% 98. 98. are going to say you're crazy and you're stupid because my perception of your God is still in the book. Isaiah said, I'll go. Sin. What are the qualifications? Well, the qualifications is this. you saw what really I am doing behind that holy curtain, you felt the touch, you know what it feels like to be forgiven. You know what it's like to have your sins washed away in water baptism, calling on the name of Jesus Christ for the rest of your sins. You know what it feels like for Him to give you His gift of the Holy Ghost? Yes. To give me power. Yes. As you stand, Brother Brian, if you would, I tell you what, if you would. I want to close, but with uh, second uh, second Peter chapter one, verses twelve through nineteen. If you could get that for us, I guarantee you when Isaiah walked out of the house that day, he said, Whoo, buddy? Oh you i not gonna believe what happened to me Today, man, it was good for me to have been in the house of God today, man. Why what happened? Well, you're not going to believe it, but you know I saw the glory of God, yeah. and I heard His voice speak to me. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Guys, oh, come on, man. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you know what I'm talking about. For sure. That's why the house of God is important. To get your eyes off the kingly thrones of this world. Men that think they're in power. Come on. Come on, really? Come on. Pardon my political statement here. Nancy, do you really think that gavel means a lot? Huh, Uncle Joe, do you really think that you're signing a few documents uh, is going to counteract uh, the on. plan of God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you. Do you really think you're in charge? And Peter would go on to say, "He now notice." Now he had witnessed the actual resurrected Christ, had he not? He had. But now listen to these words. He leaves us these very, this particular experience, even, you know, above all that at this time. Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. I got a calendar today of these sayings, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Aren't you glad for the present truth? Amen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amen. Wherefore I will not... Oh, yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up. Uh-huh. Ma. Ma. Fourteen. Knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me, you're an auto. Hey, nobody gets out alive, okay? Oh, that's 16. right. Sixteen. Okay. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ but were witnesses of His majesty. Hallelujah. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to Him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Talking about that mountaintop experience and this voice which came from heaven that we heard when we were with Him on the holy mountain. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed. I love this verse, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. That's good enough yeah. yeah. He says, man. He says, I'm telling you, you got to cat You you got to you got to see him. I know. I know, unless you really, unless you, unless he gives you a dream, unless he gives you a vision, right? It's hard to get a real, you know, a real good vision of him. No, maybe not. Because that word, that word will take you to a level that your understanding will build a picture in your mind and you will see Him like you have never saw Him before. It is good that I have been here today. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's good. Hallelujah. This is a good day. This is the end of January 2021 challenging month but it's been a good one you know why? because I have caught a new or I guess maybe a little bit better insight as to what who he is and what he is doing I Beth talked about a little bit don't don't be blinded by what's going out there When you come to the house of God, you need to understand that there really are those people that are repenting of their sins. You may not be. There are those people that are feeling the heat from the altar of God. You may not be. There are those people that are receiving their healing. You may not be. There is that going on today. We close here this morning and we invite you wherever you are or if you want to come down to this altar, if you want to seek the Lord for a few minutes, if you want to thank Him for something that He has done for you this past week, if you want to pray and ask Him, God, show me more. Give me a better understanding of who you are. But you you know, when you pray that prayer, you better be careful because Paul says, "I want to know Him how, in the fellowship of His sufferings, and in the power of His resurrection." You got to know Him in Gethsemane before you can really know Him on Easter Sunday. So whatever you need. I'm convinced it is here today. This is the house of God. This is the place of worship. This is the place of faith. This is the place of prayer. This is a place where the Lord can minister to you expressly, individually, for whatever need it is that you have. Don't worry about somebody else this morning. Allow him to minister to your heart. Is there a calling in somebody's life today? Are you plateaued in your in your walk with God? You want to you wanna you, you need something bigger and better? You need to climb the mountain of prayer. You need to get a new vision. That's it, come on, come on, let's pray. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you today. That's it, come on. Come on. Oh, come on, that's it. That's it, come on. That's it, lift your heart to Him. Lift your heart to Him. Lift your heart to Him, thank Him. Has He done something special for you? Thank you for ending this.